This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Your Radio Doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, products, physicians, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on Your Radio Doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm always striving to live my healthiest life, so I need a health plan that has my back. With Independence Blue Cross, I get access to the largest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free virtual doctor visits 24-7. Plus, with premiums as low as $0 per month, I can stay on top of my health and keep my budget in check. Independence has given me coverage I can count on, and they'll do the same for you. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Saturday afternoon at 5. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or ten months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good morning and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Well, they say three's a charm. This is the third Saturday in a row that I get to start the day with you here at 10 o'clock instead of our usual five o'clock in the afternoon. So thanks for listening. As we approach the holidays, we'll be decorating both the inside and the outside of our homes, climbing ladders, put lights in high places, carrying boxes of decorations and helping Santa deliver gifts. Good time to think about how we can protect ourselves from back pain. The vast majority of patients seen in primary care, more than 85%, will have nonspecific low back pain, meaning the cause is not reliably identified. Risk factors include age, obesity, and extremes of too much strenuous physical activity or too much time sitting. Life is a balance. Our guest today is a physician who's helping many patients with her integrative approach to assessing and treating back pain. From the Rothman Orthopedic Institute, we welcome Dr. Saloni Sharma. She's board certified in both physical medicine and rehabilitation, as well as pain medicine. She's a clinical assistant professor at Sydney Kimmel Medical College at Thomas Jefferson University and the medical director of the Orthopedic Integrative Health Center at Rothman. And she's the author of The Pain Solution, Five Steps to Relieve and Prevent Back Pain, Muscle Pain, and Joint Pain Without Medications. Welcome, Saloni. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'd like to start with talking about what we call PM&R for short, physical medicine and rehabilitation. And as you like to say, who are we? What do we do? Tell us a little bit about your field, if you would. Sure, I'd love to. So like you said, PM&R stands for physical medicine and rehabilitation. And our goal is to help people function better. And so this could be uh, helping someone who had a stroke or a spinal cord injury or someone who has ongoing back pain. We want to help people with their activities of daily living. So standing, walking, um, being able to dress themselves, but also functioning in other ways in terms of quality of life, like going to sporting events, going shopping, exercising, doing things 
that you were previously able to do and maybe cannot do because of a medical condition. And I always think of PM&R doctors, or I, I think a lot of listeners think you help people who have had strokes, but gee whiz, has your field exploded just say since COVID because people who have permanent lung issues or cardiac, one of the beautiful things about PM&R is you teach people how to preserve their energy. If, if you have arthritis and it's hard to open a drawer and take a towel out, hang the door on, you know, uh, the handle of your drawer, and then you just wipe your fingers on it. Just shortcuts that, that save steps and back pain. A lot of people probably wouldn't think to look for a PM&R doctor with back pain. Am I right about that? That go to an orthopedic surgeon or a rheumatologist maybe? Definitely. We see that a lot. And it really works better if we're sort of the gatekeepers for the orthopedic surgeons, because thankfully not everyone needs surgery and we can really help with that. It's sort of, you know, if someone needs heart surgery, they don't go right to a cardiothoracic surgeon. They see the cardiologist first. And so we're sort of like that gatekeeper for orthopedics. Good way to say that. So let's talk about what the spine looks like, because I think if people understand the parts, the soft tissue versus sources of nerve pain, I think that would be a good um, visual for people to have while we chat. Sure. So when it comes to low back pain, uh, it's comprised, the spine's comprised of the vertebrae or the bones, and in between are the discs, which act like shock absorbers, and sprouting off the sides of the spinal canal are the nerves, which give people feeling as well as strength to your legs and also to your organs, your lower system organs. But beyond that, if we sort of take a step out, there's also the myofascial layer, so fascia, which can cause pain. There's muscles that can cause pain. There's ligament injuries that can cause pain. So unfortunately, it's not simple. There's also joints in the side of the spine called the facet joints, which can generate pain. So there's a lot of potential areas that can cause pain, which is why it's important to really see someone who works with back pain, understands all the nuances. Mm -hmm. So the vertebrae or the, the pieces of the backbone are stacked like rings. So they're empty in the center and through those rings past the spinal cord. So that's, that's the big guy. And then all the strands of nerves come out through those spaces in the vertebrae. So you can see that if a disc starts to move or protrude, there's a whole sequence of events there and start to press on one of those nerves, you might have pain in one leg or pain in one part of your back. And, and I think people need to remember that. And it's not, it's not an exact science all the time. So what are some examples of causes for back pain? Just in general, maybe the more common ones. Really the most common one is a muscle sprain or strain. So sort of overdoing it and getting a muscle spasm and some inflammation. And inflammation is really what feeds uh, a lot of pain. And that's having sort of swelling and redness in the area that can be very painful. There's arthritis, so just wear and tear, degenerative changes. Uh, there are disc herniations, like you alluded to, so in between the bones, again, are the discs, and if they can bow out of place. They can catch a nerve and give you radicular or nerve pain into your leg with weakness, numbness, burning, all the way even to your toe. And if there's a trauma, there's things like compression fractures, which is an actually decreased height of the vertebral body, secondary to trauma, or sometimes even spontaneous if someone has a condition like osteoporosis or thinning of the bones. The other big one is spinal stenosis, which is just a fancy name for narrowing of the spinal canal, little extra bone laid down, and it pinches the nerves. And less likely uh, are things like spinal infections, cancer, and radiating pains. Mm -hmm. So spinal stenosis, I always have trouble picturing that. That's, tell me what that is again. It's extra bone laid down in the canal. So it's a narrowing in the middle of the canal. 
So like you mentioned, the spinal cord and the end of the spinal cord called the cauda equina um, are in the middle of the vertebral bodies. And over time, you can actually have extra bone laid down and it pinches those nerves and those nerve roots. So I like to have them. I take a little, um, make a little circle shape with my finger and I put my pencil in between. And I say over time, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of narrows and then that pencil gets squeezed on. Yeah. And I guess that's... um manifests in different ways depending on what nerve is being feeling that pressure so you hear people use the well maybe not so much anymore but people used to say lumbago is that something that people still say tell us about that if you would yeah i mean that's sort of a catch-all term just for back pain we don't use it as much it's sort of like sciatica people just call any kind of back or leg pain sciatica it's not a precise medical term but going back to stenosis, I mean, there's some telltale signs. It's worse with standing and walking. It's relieved almost immediately with sitting. You find if you use a grocery cart at the store, if you lean forward and you have a forward flexion, you take pressure off your back, you can walk much further. Extension is worse. So there's some telltale signs on physical exam and history that we can sort of sort out what it is as well. Mm-hmm. So probably 80 plus percent of the time, the back pain is self-limited, yes? Yeah, a good amount of time. But I mean, it can be up to six weeks, which I think people don't recognize. Uh, a lot of people get worried if it lasts more than a week or so, but an average bout of back pain can be up to six weeks. I know on rare occasion, I'll pick up a box or even my grandchildren are starting to grow and I, I'm like, hi, I'm so happy to see them. And I pick them up and I might just be a little bit tired, but a couple times, well, oh, I don't know, the past few years, I'll pick up and I think, oh my gosh, how do people live with this chronically? You can see how it can affect somebody's personality and their whole outlook on life if they have to deal with this all the time. I might have it for three or four days and say, "Woo, I dodged another bullet. I don't, you know, it went away. And so that's where you come in and say physical therapy, meaning exercises or ways to lie in bed and, and things that we'll talk about. But I think the other uh, point you mentioned, the most typical, or if you've strained or sprained a muscle, or arthritis, because age is a factor. <clears throat> but I know my mother <clears throat> had back pain for some time, and she saw a doctor and it was doing well. And eventually we realized that she had breast cancer, and a few of the cancers seemed to, when they spread, they like bone. And <clears throat> we used to memorize in med school, <clears throat> excuse me, BLT on rye, breast, lung, thyroid, renal, or kidney, and, and prostate is pickles. BLT on rye with pickles, but she had breast cancer with a few metastases to her spine. And, uh, uh, you know, I know that's in the back of your mind too, but I think people need to realize if they do have chronic back pain, that they want to go to a, a specialist like you, if they're not making progress with their primary care doc. Yes, definitely. Especially if someone has numbness or weakness, night sweats, unintentional weight loss. There's some sort of what we call red flag signs. But if it's lingering Mm -hmm. after more than six weeks, it's definitely worth getting checked out. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. And I mean, my foundation is internal medicine. So I'm an internist. And back in the day, we we used to be nicknamed the fleas. We latch on till we figure out what's wrong with you. But as a flea, if I see a patient with back pain, of course, I think of muscle strain or or arthritis but i also think gosh could this be a gallstone could it be kidney stones um could it be pancreatitis or shingles because we know shingles has a pre and a post that's not so pretty sometimes people have pain before the lesions appear and then the vesicles 
disappear and they're left with pain. Mm -hmm. So all those things go through our critical thinking. Um, what do you ask the patient? I, I think it's important for, as we chat, for patients to be prepared if they say, okay, I've made an appointment to see Dr. Sharma. I need to be ready to answer. What are some of the questions you start with? I usually ask people when it started. That's usually my first question. Uh, and my second question is, have they had it before? Because is this a pattern? Is this something they've had before? It's something that has been treated before. And then we get sort of into the nitty gritty of where is the location of the pain? What part of the back? Does it travel or radiate into their legs or buttocks or even into their groin? Um, you know, part of our differential is looking at other areas that overlap with back pain. And so sometimes people call buttocks pain, you know, no man's land because it's not necessarily the hip. It's not necessarily the back. And so you have to evaluate causes like SI joint pain, uh, excuse me, sacroiliac joint pain um, or hip pain as well. We also ask people how long they've had it, how severe it is on the zero to 10 scale um, and what brings them relief and what makes it worse. And we do want to go through what treatments they've already tried so we don't repeat things and really what things has worked for them. That's what's important. We will go through neurological symptoms. Like we said, some of the red flag things, uh, loss of bowel bladder control would be a red flag symptom. And, and I don't, I tell people, I don't mean like you sneeze and you have a little bit of urinary incontinence. I mean, Frank loss of bowel bladder control. We actually have accidents, um, numbness, weakness, falls or difficulty walking. These are the kinds of things we sort of probe about. Mm -hmm. And I guess along with other treatments, have you tried physical therapy and really focused on that? You know, did that ever happen or did you start and give up? Because not intentionally, but maybe certain circumstances caused them to have to let it go. Some family need that they couldn't go a few times a week or whatever. Um, as you say, surgery. Have they ever had injections before? Uh, we have a few seconds left, but I want to start the next segment with some people go to a chiropractor for help. Um, how does that play into uh, care for back pain, do you think? So the big part is that chiropractic care is very helpful for musculoskeletal and ligament pain. I think that's really where it makes a difference is things that they can touch and feel. I think chiropractors can be helpful with that. Yeah, after you've established that it's not something that needs other attention. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with Dr. Saloni Sharma from Rothman Orthopedics. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. At Independence Blue Cross, we believe in giving you the tools you need to pursue your healthiest life. From premiums as low as $0 per month to health discounts and cash rewards, it pays to have coverage with Independence. With the strongest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free 24-7 virtual doctor visits, you can feel confident that quality care is always within reach. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like, how can the healthcare industry earn the trust of patients? And what if your health outcomes and access to care weren't defined by your skin color, sexuality, gender, or zip code? At Genentech, we're removing barriers and partnering across the medical community to make clinical research as diverse as the world we serve to ensure communities have access to healthcare. Learn how we are working to make healthcare more equitable at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. We're back on your radio doctor with our guest, Dr. Saloni Sharma. Saloni, we had a great 
explanation from you about causes of back pain and, and how you approach somebody when you ask, how long has it been there? Is there anything that you do that makes it better or worse? Um, and fortunately, most of the time, back pain is self-limited, meaning it usually goes away within about six weeks. But some of the, um, aside from the most common being a strained muscle, people love to say, as you mentioned, I have sciatica or I blew my disc out. Let's talk about that a little bit because I always think of discs as being the brake pads. So we have the rock hard um, bony vertebrae. Each vertebra is separated by a nice soft cushion, a disc. And how does that cause pain that, that is in the back or even travels down the buttock and into the leg? I think the best example is the jelly donut analogy where the disc can protrude out of place or there can be a slight tear in a disc and some of the filling can leak out. And either way, that can catch the nerve and it can catch the sciatic nerve, which is where the term sciatica originates from. Um, but like we said, people kind of use that for all kinds of pain and it can catch a very specific nerve root. And so we're able on physical exam to figure out often which nerve root, whether it's L5 or S1, based on their exam and their symptoms, there's patterns of numbness and tingling and weakness based on certain nerve roots. And so we can use those patterns to figure out, even before we get something like an MRI, which nerve is pinched. And, and that's really helpful in establishing diagnosis and treatments as well. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're right that the whole, the nervous system is so fascinating to me that there's this map and depending where a person loses sensation or strength, you could say that's this nerve or that nerve. And for our audience, um, we're focusing right now on lower back pain. And if we think of the vertebral column, that is the home, the circular home for that spinal cord, the chest, the vertebrae in the, that support our upper back are the thoracic or chest vertebrae. And then from where you put your hands on your hips, that's about L4, L5. So there are 12 thoracic vertebrae and then five lumbar. And then the sciatica is closer to the bottom, the tail of your spinal cord, spinal, uh, your spine. Am I right about that? Yeah, it, that's how people, yeah. It's, so it's sort of the sacrum is sort of the tailbone, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we talk about the most, probably the most common areas where the discs start to give us trouble are between L4 and L5, so two of the lower lumbar vertebrae or between L5 and S1, just, just, just to clarify for our listeners, because sure, a disc can pop out from anywhere, but that's, that's the area that's um, most commonly affected. So a disc can, there's a little series of activity, right? When they could start to act up, it can bulge a little bit, it can protrude or it can herniate. Walk us through that if you would. Sure. So a bulge just means it's slightly out of place. And then you can get into the semantics of protrusion versus herniation versus extrusion. But they all mean the disc is out of place to a larger extent. And in a lot of cases, if it protrudes or herniates centrally, it doesn't cause that much of an issue. It's more when it goes off to mm-hmm. one side and catches that nerve root as it's branching off and trying to go down to the leg that you get these radicular or leg symptoms and nerve pain. Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes a problem. And so I want to carry that thought in a, in a minute when we talk about what imaging or x-rays or MRIs that you do. But so we've talked to the patient about their history. What do you look for on physical exam? So it's a general exam at first. I actually people have people do heel and toe walking as well as tandem gait or toe, um, one toe to heel walking. 
And then I'll look at, uh, we'll do an inspection, mm-hmm. actually look at the spine and the skin. We'll do range of motion. We'll do palpation, which means feeling the area. And then we'll do a good strength exam and a good neurological exam. We look at their strength, their feeling, their reflexes. And we'll look at their hip range of motion uh, and well as we make sure that doesn't cause any pain because, as we said earlier, sometimes hip pain can masquerade as back pain and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I guess another uh, uh, little golden nugget for people to take away is that hip pain is usually not in the buttocks area, right? Isn't it usually in the groin? It is often in the groin, but sometimes it can be, a rip, if you think of your buttocks pocket, like a jean pocket, sometimes mm-hmm. hip pain can give you per- they can show up as pain there. So if you sort of mm-hmm. make a, a line straight through your groin to your buttocks and yeah. your sit bone, that can be hip pain too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good that you examine people's hips, obviously, because uh, you know our orthopedic uh, rotations, we were always taught, if somebody comes in with a sore elbow, make sure you examine above and below the area of the pain. Check out the shoulder, check out the wrist. And you know if somebody has knee pain, maybe it's because their hip on the opposite side hurts and they're walking sideways and just what you're saying that you want to look at the whole chessboard. So, excuse me. So we talked about sciatica being a word that's familiar to people, but they don't always use it precisely. How do you find sciatica and how do you test for it on exam? So it's a combination of their history and their physical. So the symptoms they describe as someone tells me, but also Mm -hmm. their strength, their reflexes and their feeling or sensation. So talking about the maps of the neurological system the sensation or the feeling map is called your dermatomes. And so certain nerve roots um, present in a certain way. And there's also muscle myotomes and certain muscles are fed by certain nerve roots. And so you try to put together like pieces of a puzzle. Oh, okay, this person has weakness in their big toe and they have numbness in that area. Well, that would most likely be an L5 radiculopathy, the L5 nerve root issue. And you sort of piece it together. Um, and, and that's what we're looking for. We also check... For central causes of pain. So I'll check a reflex called a Babinski, um, which is more of a neurological issue that could be higher up in the lumbar spine to make sure that something else isn't masquerading uh, as back pain. If someone had a stroke that went undiagnosed, if someone had a spinal cord injury that they didn't know about um, after a trauma or fall, especially. So we're always trying to mm-hmm. look at the big picture as well and not miss um, other potential diagnoses. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned, you explained that so clearly. You're going to do, you're going to take um, your little instrument and just curl it up a person's foot. And we want their toes to go in a certain direction. We want their toes to jump up as opposed to curling or a certain direction tells us it's normal or it's pathologic. And that zeroes in on a different different cause for their pain. The sciatic nerve comes out where? From the... Uh, vertebral column? Well, it's, it's actually a combination of nerve roots. So it, it actually comes out more mm-hmm. into the, from the um, sacrum and tailbone area. But again, I think people call mm-hmm. L5 and S1 pinch nerve sciatica. And those right. are nerve roots that feed the sciatic nerve. And where would that pain travel? If it comes from L5, S1, what would that look like on an exam? So the person would describe pain in their low back. And like you mentioned, um, you know, L4 is one of our landmarks. So Oftentimes, someone's umbilicus or the belly button is L4. So if you trace back, so it would be a little bit below that would be L5-S1. And again, there's some variation. You know, we're, we're all um, individual. And then it would radiate into their buttocks, the lateral or side part of their thigh, and then the side or front of their lower leg. And it could either go into their big toe if it was L5 
or more into their outer little baby toe or the bottom of their foot if it's S1. Mm -hmm. So it's like a strand of pain down the buttock, down the back of the thigh, and it turns maybe at knee level and goes to the front of the leg. It's pretty specific. As you say, there are variations, but ballpark, that's what we'd expect to find. Now, at what point do you say we need an x-ray or an MRI, and how do you decide what to do? So oftentimes, we get x-rays fairly often just being part of a large orthopedic practice. So most people who have had back pain for several weeks will get an x-ray um, just to make sure nothing else structurally is going on. It also helps us decide whether they do have some of those degenerative arthritis conditions we talked about, and that can help us target our therapy better. MRIs will generally be if, if they have a lot of numbness or weakness on exam, or if they've failed what we consider conservative treatments, meaning you know over-the-counter medications and physical therapy. Or, of course, if they have any of the red flag symptoms we talked about, like loss of our bladder control, severe numbness or weakness. Well, I think you raised an interesting point. We were chatting the other day, and um, we think of back pain coming from lifting something too heavy or incorrectly, that people bend and they don't use their 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 legs and their thighs to, to push up. Um, now, what we've seen since the pandemic and people are working remotely, hours and hours sitting in front of the computer in a certain position and that's the more common cause. I know myself, I I spend hours preparing the show and all that good stuff. And I noticed that the back of my one thigh was hurting me. And I thought, gee, I haven't lifted. Well, it's just where the chair cuts across my leg. <laughs> so it's not sciatica, but I can see where somebody might think it is. So tell, tell about that. You must have seen a lot more cases recently of people that are just sedentary. And that's an issue too. How do we, we prevent back pain from sitting all day in front of our computers. That's such a good point. I mean, being sedentary is a number one risk factor for lumbar degenerative disease or wear and tear of your disc and back pain. So uh, some people actually put a timer on their phone every hour and a half or every two hours to get up. And I tell patients, even if you don't have to go to the bathroom, get a sip of water, go to the bathroom, take a circle around your house. It's really important to move a little if you know a couple of stretches, um, which are simple to look up online, or if you go to a physical therapist, give you some stretches to do even at your desk, that can be helpful. Uh, when you're taking calls, try to stand more often or even walk. If you can sort of take laps around your home or office, that's helpful. But it's really about moving and not letting everything stiffen up so much and be very static. You don't want your spine loaded the same way for eight hours a day. I actually talk with my older patients about um, a gravity break. And this is something that's in the book too. And just laying down in the afternoon for a little bit. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, that I'm prescribing naps to people, but to literally take gravity off your spine can make a difference. And so that's something that I tell people to do often. But in a regular work day, even if you're working from home, you really want to get up every hour and a half if you can, and even just walk around or do a couple stretches. Mm -hmm. I want to revisit something else you said. That's a very good point for cardiac and all kinds of reasons to get up and move for even five or 10 minutes every hour and a half or so. The other interesting point you make, Saloni, is that um, you give uh, an appropriate amount of time with conservative measures, and then you decide whether to x-ray or do an MRI. But what makes me crazy about electronic records is that results are posted, and the patient can often read the results of their MRI or CAT scan before they've spoken to the filter, before the doctor interprets it. And you'll see bulging disc. And you said earlier, sometimes your disc can be misbehaving a little bit internally and it doesn't account for your back pain. Sometimes you get a reading that they say, well, you know, this is 
two degrees out of alignment and it scares the heck out of the patient, but you say, no, this is not significant. It's not, and, and it's almost a shame that our electronics have become so efficient that tell us a little about that, that not always, not X-ray and MRI findings don't always mean something pertinent. Yeah, that's very true. And it, it is difficult when you don't get to sort of explain the results to someone before they see them. But there's been studies where a lot of people over 30 have asymptomatic disc herniations or disc bulges that they didn't even know about. There were some radiographic studies done actually a few decades ago that found this. So just because someone has a disc bulge or disc herniation doesn't mean it's your pain generator. Those are two different things. So um, it's sort of like someone could have a gallstone incidentally, but it's not causing them any pain. That doesn't mean you have to do something about that. So the same with these disc bulges. They're kind of a wear and tear phenomenon and they aren't necessarily causing your pain. I have patients who will have a huge disc herniation, but they also have a little muscle or a little um, spasm and that spasm is causing all the pain. We work it out with physical therapy. Sometimes I'll give them a little muscle injection in the office and that disc herniation is still there, but that wasn't causing the pain. It was the muscle and they get relief from that. And I always say that's why we're so lucky to live in Philadelphia because the, the bench of talent is so deep. Not every place has uh, a Saloni Sharma that specializes in PM&R and pain medicine. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with more on back pain. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. I'm always striving to live my healthiest life, so I need a health plan that has my back. With Independence Blue Cross, I get access to the largest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free virtual doctor visits 24-7. Plus, with premiums as low as $0 per month, I can stay on top of my health and keep my budget in check. Independence has given me coverage I can count on, and they'll do the same for you. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com. When you have orthopedic issues, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes orthopedics. You need an exceptionally specialized Rothman orthopedics physician. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. That's RothmanOrtho.com. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like when it comes to diseases, can we strive to treat, prevent, and even reverse them? And how can we make healthcare more effective and more affordable? These are the types of questions that can help impact the lives of so many patients, that help push the boundaries of innovation and healthcare for all communities. At Genentech, we are the pioneers of the biotech industry, tackling some of the biggest questions in healthcare. Learn more at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, now Saturday afternoons at 5, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. And we're back on Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Saloni Sharma. When I was a little girl... Every Sunday night, the Ed Sullivan show would come on and the entire house had to stop when it was a comedian, a little segment of the show. And my father loved Phyllis Diller. She was this very funny, she was kind of Joan Rivers before Joan Rivers. And she used to say, 
you know you're getting older when your back starts to go out more than you do. <laughs> a little back humor there. And we were talking about uh, back pain and what you do when you see them in the office or how you study them. What would a person do the first several days while they're waiting for that x-ray? Are there certain go-to things? How should I sleep when I'm lying down in bed? I mean, there are people that probably say to you, my pain is so bad, I slept on the floor last night. Yeah, I definitely hear that, unfortunately. And I think the first couple of days, if you don't have any medical reasons why you, you cannot take them, people often take anti-inflammatories for a couple of days. And um, you probably don't love me hearing, <laughs> love hearing me say that with your specialty, but um, you know, for short-term use, um, anti-inflammatories with food and if it's uh, okay with your medical conditions, a lot of times people have to figure out whether it's ice or heat. So ice is for inflammation if something's red, hot, and swollen. And heat is if something is tight and a spasm. And a lot of times that's the case with back pain, that your body goes into protector mode and everything clamps down and goes into a spasm. People will say they're crooked, one hip's higher than the other, they're stuck flexed forward, they're stuck hunched over. Um, and in that case, you might want to use heat. Some people actually find that a little brace, even the ones you would buy it, you know, on Amazon or Target, that kind of come around and Velcro and hug you can be helpful. There's some pad sheeting pads that are really nice that you can put under that brace to keep things kind of loose and also stable. So those are the first couple of days. That's what you want to do. And if you can avoid sleeping on the floor, that's probably better. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes those first couple of days you need to do what you need to do and just sort of make it through. Or, or if you're like our house and our beagle hops on the bed and you're, I sleep like a boomerang sometimes. So he's comfortable and has plenty of space. You might want to put <laughs> Zeus on his dog bed. Um, I, I think you brought up a very good point. If it seems hot or inflamed, you're going to use cold. But for the spasm, what a great mental image. Your back is sort of shouting and, and all tensed up. So the heating pad is a good thing. Just don't sleep with it for hours and, and burn yourself. So some patients ask for, or use a lumbar brace. Is that a good idea? I think it's a good idea um, maybe for the first couple of days. And then after that, I wouldn't do it more than two or three hours a day. What can happen is your core muscles can actually weaken, so your abdominal, your obliques, and your paraspinals, and then you can't be upright without the brace. You become dependent on it. So we really want to focus uh, after the initial flare on physical therapy to work on strengthening your core and kind of making a brace of muscle 360 around the spine so you sort of have that natural brace over time there. Mm -hmm. Well, among the other hats you wear, you are the chair of pain and spine rehabilitation at McGee. Pretty, pretty awesome. You're very impressive, I got to say. <laughs> Tell us about, again, I have to give a big shout out to physical therapy because as we said earlier, uh, people want a button to push or a pill to take. Re physical therapy is work. You have to actively participate. Tell us why that's so important with back pain especially. It is. It's really important. And I just want to clarify. So I'm the chair of pain and spine for the American Academy of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. And it's a really great position um, to help sort of educate people on what we can do to feel better with less pills. But physical therapy is so important because it's empowering you to take care of yourself in the long run. You're learning exercises and stretches, but you're also getting hands-on treatments. So someone can go into therapy and be very tight and have trouble moving. Physical therapists might work with heating pad, some gentle massage, possibly a TENS unit to loosen up that spasm, and then give them the stretches to maintain it and keep it loose. And that's the idea mm -hmm. is that over time, you don't need the therapist and you can become independent. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to say it. So I also love the integrative health idea. You are the director of the Orthopedic Integrative Health Center. You're the medical director, meaning 
you take care of the soft tissue injuries pretty much as opposed to operating. Um, and in that, um, you have a great approach and, and that melts into your book, which we already said, the pain solution, five steps to relieve and prevent back pain, muscle pain, joint pain without medication. So I guess they're parallel my questions. Can you explain to our listeners what your integrative approach means in terms of assessing and treating? Sure. So the integrative approach is after you've had the x-ray or the MRI, whatever studies needed, and you're trying to figure out how to deal with this ongoing issue. And I really consider a plan for anti-inflammatory living. So inflammation feeds pain and it feeds a lot of disease, like heart disease, stroke, diabetes. And so it's looking at people's lifestyle. So in medicine, that means um, nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, and relationships, and how that either breeds or calms inflammation. And so I'll go through a patient with an integrative center, and we'll go through all five of those areas and come up with a custom plan to reduce pain and inflammation. Mm-hmm. I'll have a patient meet with our nutritionist who will also go through um, sort of an anti-inflammatory approach to eating. It's really a customized plan to live better uh, and hopefully reduce pain in the long term. And I think the big parallel here is COVID. We didn't know when this is novel virus, meaning a brand new virus, none of us really knew which paths, how it would zig or zag. Some people were getting strokes because the lining of their arteries were inflamed and they were clotting. Some people were getting protracted lung uh, conditions, inflammation. And one of the things you bring up is the nutritionist, how vitally important that is because obesity leads to inflammation. Yes. And so if we can help control or get your weight down, it's less work for that spinal cord to carry, or not the spinal cord, the spine, right? So, and it it decreases inflammation. So your approach is you want to customize a wellness plan by having the patient um, talk to a nutritionist about this anti-inflammatory approach to food and healthy eating. Prehab is also one of the things that you do. I think that's brilliant. You want to walk through a plan to get somebody prepared before surgery so they have a better recovery. Exactly. You know, so surgery, unfortunately, our body sees surgery as a trauma, right? So it, that's sort of its response. And so we want to reduce inflammation and have the best pain control possible. So prehab is preparing for an upcoming stressor. And that's what we would do um, with a prehab plan. And in a lot of ways, I think anti-inflammatory living is uh, prehab living. I mean, we're all going to face stressors in our life, um, whether it be a car accident or, you know, um, emotional stressors or surgeries, and really minimizing our inflammation, optimizing our functioning can really help us in the long run, not just with our lifespan, which is the years lived, but with our health span, which is the number of years lived in good health. Right now in America, the difference, the difference between your health span and your lifespan is 16 years. So that means someone, wow. yeah, the last 16 years of their life on average um, is sort of not healthy years. So you may have a longer lifespan, but if you're not able to function and have a good quality of life, then um, it may not be as valuable. That's a very important message because people think, oh, I want to live forever. But if they're uncomfortable, it's it's not it's not uh, something they look forward to. And you mentioned sleep because insufficient or poor quality sleep increases immune system dysfunction. Your immune system starts to misbehave and it's a stressor on your body. Um, and you talk to about COVID teaching us the lesson, how important it is to um, your mental and physical health to have social connection. 
if you're if you're homebound, even with back pain, send your text messages, call, keep in touch with other people. And that's one of the things you talk about in your integrative approach. I have to ask you, I started reading your book. It's so well done. Um, I love your own introduction. And you share that when you were 11 years old, that you had to deal with back pain. Tell us about that a little bit. Sure. And thank you. Um, when I was a kid, I had scoliosis, which is curvature of the spine. And I had to wear a brace for almost a year. And so wow, sort of faced with orthopedic conditions at a young age. Um, and at that age, uh, especially as a female, there's a lot of different changes going on. And there's a lot of um, emotional stress that can happen with wearing a brace. Uh, and there can also be some chronic muscle spasms and pain with having a curvature of the spine, which many people experience. So it's something I was introduced to at a very young age. And it really made me want to focus on giving people a better quality of life uh, and going into medicine as well. Yeah, I can see why that would inspire you to keep people comfortable and out of pain because that's a long time for an 11-year-old girl to still forge ahead with school, social life, activities. That's that's pretty limiting. But, um, you know, as I say, they're the kind of things that make you stronger. I also really like that at the beginning of the book, you're saying, okay, do you, and do you do this with your patients before they come to see you? You you ask them to answer a questionnaire that asks about their living conditions. How do you sleep? All those things. Tell us about that if you would. Sure. So we're talking about these inflammation factors. And so people who I see in the integrative program, especially, they'll fill out a nine-page intake before that I'll go through in detail before and have the kind of the bones of a custom plan for them ready before I see them. But we'll ask about their food. We'll ask about their sleep. Um you know, phytonutrients or chemicals and foods that protect them and give them their color. And they actually help with inflammation work as antioxidants for humans too. So we'll say, you know, what is your plant intake in terms of food? We'll go through sleep issues. We'll talk about stressors and also things that bring you joy and how you can incorporate those more into your life to help again, reduce inflammation. And so I'll go through all of that with patients in the integrative visits. And it's so wonderful. It's, you really get to know people and you really get the whole perspective Unfortunately, in our medical system, we're normally only given, you know, 10, 15 minutes with a patient um, by no fault of our own, you know, either due to insurers or administrators of various reasons. And so when I see someone in the integrative center, I have so much more time and really get to work on a true healing and living better plan together. You're right, Saloni. It is frustrating for us as providers because um, uh, as in the primary care docs really suffer from the most because they're supposed to look at somebody and say, blood pressure heartbeat? Do you have swollen ankles? Are you, do you feel safe in your environment? Any one of those things could take 15 or 20 minutes. And we say, okay, we're going to check your blood pressure today and come back next week with that cough you're talking. It's, it's really hard. So that's why what I love about your process, answer those questions first. So you're not sitting there thinking, how many times a week do I take a walk? It's already there. You've studied it, you've prepped, and it makes that visit so much more efficient and effective. Let's take a little break and we'll be back for our wrap up with Dr. Saloni Sharma. Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie is presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. 
At Independence Blue Cross, we believe in giving you the tools you need to pursue your healthiest life. From premiums as low as $0 per month to health discounts and cash rewards, it pays to have coverage with Independence. With the strongest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free 24-7 virtual doctor visits, you can feel confident that quality care is always within reach. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com. When you have joint pain, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes joints. Someone so focused on their specialty, they've written the book on it, literally. You need an exceptionally specialized physician from Rothman Orthopedics. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past the pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at rothmanortho.com. Official orthopedic partner of the Eagles, Phillies, and Sixers. Now, your weekly prescription brought to you by Genentech, the science-driven company that pioneered the biotech industry to transform how we treat the world's most complex health problems. And we thank Dr. Saloni Sharma for joining us today. We've learned so much about back pain and the approach and prevention, really. This is our wrap-up segment, which we call Your Weekly Prescription, brought to us by Genentech. Saloni, what would your take-home message be for patients if they have back pain? What's one of the most important things they should remember? I think one of the most important things is to remember that we each have the power to feel better and we can make lifestyle changes to help reduce pain and inflammation. So I think sometimes people need some direction and sometimes we have to be a little more proactive. Uh, but if for really long-lasting pain relief, it can't be passive treatments, just pills and um, you know lots of procedures. There's definitely a role for medication. There's definitely a role for procedures. But for ongoing pain, we really need to focus on sort of changing our lifestyle and our habits. And, and we have the, the ability to do that. And so if somebody has back pain, at what point do you say you need a little more help than your primary care doc? I would say if there's the red flag, sometimes we talked about for sure, and hopefully your, your primary care doc would already address that. But if there's severe numbness, weakness, loss of bladder control, um, those types of things are a history of serious conditions. But after about six weeks, if things aren't really improving, you know, I think it's reasonable to seek out a specialist. Mm -hmm. So six weeks if the pain persists, but earlier, if they have those red flags like numbness, tingling, weakness, or loss of bowel or bladder control. And then how would a patient come to see you? How would they find you? Is there a phone number and where are your offices? Sure. Um, our, our main Rothman number is the best one. It's 1-800-321-9999. On our website, rothmanortho.com, there's also self-scheduling, so that's a, an option as well. Uh, that's probably the best way. For the integrative program, we actually have our own website, uh, and that's rothmanortho.com, and it's backslash OIHC, which stands for Orthopedic Integrative Health Center. Uh, and that, so those are two separate ways to see me, sort of as a, a standard patient, and then for an extended visit through the integrative program. So that number again for Rothman Institute is one 800 321 Nine 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 nine. That's easy to remember. Eight hundred three two one nine 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 nine. And um, if people forget the website, they can always ask the eight hundred number uh, receptionist when they call. Yes, definitely. Now your book. I know people really benefit from reading your book. Where can they get a copy of it? The easiest is probably going to Amazon and just looking it up on Amazon. I also have my own website, and there's a link to it there. So my website's salonisharmamd.com. It's all one word. Um, 
But yeah, Amazon would be the easiest way. Mm -hmm. Now, you mean Amazon, the website, not Amazon as in the river. (laughs) Correct. The website, you got it. That's pretty far away. I'd have a lot of back pain walking to the Amazon River. So Amazon, the name of the book again. Is The Pain Solution, Five Steps to Relieve and Prevent Back Pain, Muscle Pain, and Joint Pain Without Medication. And the foreword's actually by Dr. Andrew Weil. He's an integrative expert uh, internationally. And so we really have a similar philosophy about trying to not rely on medications. Yeah, especially with the opioid crisis that has evolved through the years. And I I think having been in practice during the 90s when that was one of the big draws, oh, you know, there are, it's the sixth vital sign after we check your blood pressure and heartbeat and all those things and your temperature. Are you having pain on a scale one to 10? Okay, we're not going to give you pain relief as needed. We're just going to give you some pain medicine, pain relief medicine every four hours so it it never creeps back. No, that's what got people hooked. And if we can work Mm -hmm. around that, oh my goodness, go physical therapy, love you. Dr. Saloni Sharma, thank you so much. If people want to reach you, 1-800-321-9999 or your website again. SaloniSharmaMD.com and the Rothman website is RothmanOrtho.com. Beautiful. Saloni is S-A-L-O-N-I dot Sharma, S-H-A-R-M-A dot com. It's it's one word actually. So it's Saloni, S-A-L-O-N-I-S-H-A-R-M-A-M-D dot com. I knew I'd I knew I'd ruin it, but that, that we got to say it again. SaloniSharmaMD.com. Thank you. You're wonderful and you're really helping so many people. Saloni. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. And now for your real champion. I call this segment Veterans Day. Veterans Day is a federal holiday which gives us an opportunity to honor the men and women who have served in our country's armed forces. Why is it observed on November 11th? Because at the 11th hour on the 11th day in the 11th month in 1918, an armistice or ceasefire was declared between the Allied nations and Germany in the end of World War I, then known as the Great War. The official end to World War I came with the Treaty of Versailles in June of 1919. One year later, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed November 11 as the first commemoration of Armistice Day to be observed with parades, public gatherings, and a brief pause in business and school activities at 11 a.m. By 1926, Congress passed a resolution that the anniversary should be commemorated with thanksgiving and prayer and exercises designed to perpetuate peace throughout goodwill and mutual understanding between nations. Well, following World War II, it was decided to expand Armistice Day to celebrate all veterans, not just those who served in World War I. And since June 1 of 1954, it has been known as Veterans Day. On Veterans Day, we thank those who have proudly served in our military. Memorial Day honors military members who died in service, and Armed Forces Day honors those currently serving in the U.S. military. During World War I, much of the Western European countryside was bombed and blasted. Beautiful landscapes turned to mud where little or nothing could grow. But from the battlefields, thousands of bright red, resilient poppies began to peek through the chaos and destruction. 
a Canadian physician named John McRae, a surgeon for an Allied unit, witnessed the death of his friend and fellow soldier. The next day, he spotted a cluster of poppies growing among the graves and wrote a famous poem called In Flanders Field, which inspired the use of the poppy as the symbol of remembrance in so many countries to this day. Our real champions this week are veterans across the country, past and present. Like many members of the greatest generation, these two veterans from World War II had very special stories. My father, Frank J. Ritchie, joined the Navy. His education as a funeral director included the study of anatomy, so he served as a medic. His minesweeper was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean when it passed by another Navy vessel whose crew included his brother, my Uncle Eddie. So the Navy arranged for my father to spend the day on Uncle Eddie's ship. That's a page right out of Saving Private Ryan. My father-in-law joined the Army. Dr. Everett J. Gordon was an orthopedic surgeon who served in General Patton's Army, and he was present on many a day that Patton came to visit the wounded. Living by the Hippocratic Oath, he gave the same excellent care to German and Italian prisoners as he did to his fellow American soldiers, all while wearing a helmet as he operated with the Germans aiming missiles at the medical tents marked with the Red Cross. We thank all the brave and selfless men and women of the military, including Frank Ritchie, Everett Gordon, my brother-in-law, Navy Captain Robert Spencer Carr Smith, who served in Vietnam, and my niece's husband, Marine Major Chris Bauer, who served in Iraq. We thank you for your service and helping to protect our sweet land of liberty. We salute you as this week's Real Champions. Thank you for listening this week and every week to your radio doctor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Listen to this show again and all of our shows on odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sure would love to hear from you. Send an email to info at yourradiodoctor.net. Tell us about a champion in your family or community. Make a suggestion for a topic you'd like us to cover. A special thank you always to our exclusive sponsor, Independence Blue Cross, and for support from Rothman Orthopedic Institute and Genentech. Speaking of my friends at Genentech, Cancer Screen Week, December 5 through 9. Founded by Genentech in partnership with the American Cancer Society, Stand Up to Cancer, and Optum, the goal is to encourage people to learn more about cancer prevention and get on track with screening. Website, cancerscreenweek.org, includes info on free or low-cost screening options, helps users find cancer screening locations, and helps prepare for cancer screening appointment. It also includes information for lung, breast, colorectal, cervical, prostate, and skin cancers. The website also lists resources for healthcare providers, insurers, employers, and individuals, as well as resources available in Spanish, cancerscreenweek.org. The American Red Cross also has requests. Please consider giving blood at this time of national shortage and The Red Cross is in desperate need for drivers to deliver blood from collection sites and bring it to hospitals. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcrossblood.org. Friends, we look forward to Thanksgiving Day this week. It may be one of my favorite holidays because it's all about family, coming together, sharing a meal. Think about the word companion. It includes Latin com, which means together with, and panis, which means bread. 
We come together to break bread, share a meal with the people we love. Best wishes for a happy Thanksgiving and remember to count your blessings. Thank the people who support you all year long and take time to reach out and help someone you know who doesn't have the love and support of family or friends. This is your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, wishing you a happy, healthy, and safe week with the ones you love, always here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. To contact Dr. Marianne and to listen to today's show as well as past shows, visit yourradiodoctor.com. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm always striving to live my healthiest life, so I need a health plan that has my back. With Independence Blue Cross, I get access to the largest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free virtual doctor visits 24-7. Plus, with premiums as low as $0 per month, I can stay on top of my health and keep my budget in check. Independence has given me coverage I can count on, and they'll do the same for you. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com.